the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with a very special guest for today's show, a pro football Hall of Famer. I'm going to tell you about that Hall of Fame cornerback coming up here in just a little bit uh, as we chat with him about uh, the the corners in the Broncos, uh, Champ Bailey, and uh, how to pl- how he would play in today's NFL. So certainly going to be interesting. Of course, it's presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away. You just go on over to tap 14 and well enjoy the 70 colorado beers on tap the 100 colorado distilled spirits and the candied bacon the candied bacon is tremendous and the burgers are pretty good too tap 14 of course they've got that rooftop view go check it out it really is one of the better places to go whether it be after a rockies game or after a broncos preseason game they'll be coming up here in just a little bit and um, maybe it's just a saturday and you would just want to go enjoy some great food great people great atmosphere as well too at tap 14 and then of course maybe a uh, adult beverage or two so thanks to our friends at tap 14 and our new friends of the podcast pro football focus be sure to check them out on the web profootballfocus.com those elite and edge memberships and then of course fantasy football news that is on the way at profootballfocus.com your drafts are coming and you need to win that draft so you don't have to get a ridiculously embarrassing tattoo on your backside do that with our friends at (laughs) profootballfocus make sure to check it out at profootballfocus.com Catching up with Pro Football Hall of Famer, cancer survivor, because we're going to talk about knowyourstats.org. Mike Hayes. Mike, thank you so much for joining the Broncos Blitz podcast. Thanks for having me on. Of course, here in Denver, uh, you uh, were in the secondary when you played. Here in Denver, most recently, we just had one of, uh, if not the greatest secondary ever, uh, dubbed the no-fly zone from, uh, you could say, even 2013 to 2015, whatever you want to call it. I want to ask you, being somebody who had 46-plus uh, picks, who is in the Hall of Fame, who was on the, the 80s all-decade team, uh, is that the greatest secondary in NFL history? I think the greatest secondary is probably the no-passing zone. Ah. <laughs> Well, that was a uh, secondary with uh, Lester Hayes, Van McElroy, Mike Davis, and myself. I, I you know, I, I may be biased, you know. Of course. Let's talk about they are losing a guy like Aqib Talib, who really was the leader of that defense going to uh, your former team, uh, or I should say uh, your former city, the Rams, now in Los Angeles. Uh, what does a loss like Aqib Talib do to the Denver Broncos, who was such a leader of that team? Often, oftentimes it. It depends on the guys behind him, um, the guys that are that played with him that are still there, uh, and the coach. And so, if, if you still have the same coach and one other guy who has been, you know, been preparing to play in case he ever got hurt or or decided uh, to join another team, that person might be able to step in. Uh, and there, there's probably going to be a drop off, but uh, in the beginning. But we we have to really wait. Uh, and see if that person that be taking his place, see how they play, um, like maybe after say five or six games, uh, and and really decide. But it, it, it's a it's a it's a drop off in the beginning, uh, and it, so you have to hope that the um, replacement player is 
ready for that challenge and ready to step in there. And my guess is that he is, or, or, um, Philippe would still be there. Yeah. And of course, Bradley Roby is, is the one that uh, Denver really believes is going to be that next guy up, uh, uh, per se for the Denver Broncos. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast speaking with Mike Haynes, a hall of famer. He's a nine time pro bowler. Uh, but you played back in the eighties. Uh, uh, you were on the all eighties decade team for the NFL. I want to ask you, how difficult would it be to play cornerback in today's world? Let's say you were at your peak. How much more difficult, or do you think it's lesser? Uh, I, that's a good question. I, they they throw the ball a lot more now than they did, of course. Uh, and so I think I think that we'd we'd uh, I, I personally know I'd I'd be excited about that. You know, I think that would be an opportunity for me. There were you know in my era there were games where you no know, one even threw a pass on my side of the field. You know, uh, I think today that everybody has tried to figure out a way to throw the ball on every, in every single situation. Uh, and I would get some action. So I think that'd be exciting. And I'd like to think that I'd step up to the challenge. Yeah. More opportunities for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Not that, not that you didn't get any, because obviously you produced very well with the 46 career picks. He had multiple touchdowns, a nine time pro bowler as well too. But let me ask you, uh, as far as corners, you've been watching them all throughout the years, not only in your career, but post-career, just uh, whether it be on TV or whatnot. Who is the greatest cornerback uh, that you've watched with your eyes? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. You know, I, I actually don't look at things that way, you mm. know. How do you look um, at it? Uh, I, I look at, you know, I, I, look, I feel like everybody, um, you know, is, is playing a certain defense. And... Um, Defenses are made to play a certain way. So um, if I looked at a game and a, and a wide receiver was catching a lot of pass routes on a particular defensive back, it could be the weakness of the defense. It, it really may not be that the guy is getting beat. Mm. Uh, and I don't think the fans really understand that. As an example, um, man-to-man coverage, cover one. If you're playing cover one and you have an outside shade on the receiver and he runs an outside route, then yeah, you got beat. Uh, but if he runs an inside route, and uh, then the, your job as a defensive back is to, you know, if it's a, a perfect pass, there's nothing you can do. But if if it's not, then you can get in there and knock the ball out. You can tackle him if he catches it. You know, it's the weakness of the defense. And so if the coaches continue to call that same defense and the offense runs that same play over and over and over again, um, you know, it's the weakness of the defense. It doesn't mean that defensive back is not doing his job. He is doing his job. So it's really hard for me to uh, evaluate, you know, the talent because I don't know what the defenses are, are that are called. I don't know what the coaches are expecting the guy to do. And it's not as simple as going out there and watching a game and, and, uh, and seeing, wow, that guy caught uh, five passes on sure. that defensive back. That guy got bur- burned five times. Well, it's not really that. I don't look at games that way. I look at. The, I have to know the defense, what the situation was, and and um, the guy might have done his job. He might have. He might have done an excellent job, by the way. That no, that's an interesting way to look at it because if you are asked to keep the wide receiver in front of you, and uh, you know the wide receiver, you know, catches eight nine passes, you automatically think, oh, well, the cornerback's obviously not doing his job. But if he only has, you know, say. 30, 40 yards, all of a sudden you're just in a containment role uh, and you did do your job. If they got caught eight passes and the coaches called cover one with outside shade, 
uh, every single time. The defensive coordinator didn't do his job. Mm. He should have called a defense where the guy would have inside technique instead of outside technique. And then the guy can play the defense that's called. And when you, when you put a, a defensive back in a situation where he's got to make that decision, you know, I'm going to go inside or outside, then, um, you know, I never had that flexibility. I, I always felt like I had to call the, uh, play the defense that was called. Sure. And if I start doing my own thing out there, then I'm not really doing my job. When we, re- when we evaluate the game film um, and we look at my performance, I would be getting a minus on all those plays um, because, you know, when I was kind of like freelancing. So that's what I mean. It's really difficult for me to say who's doing a great job because I need to know more information. Interesting stuff. We're talking with uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer Mike Hayes on the Broncos Blitz podcast. Uh, should Pat Bowlin be in the Hall of Fame? Well, he's one. He's in my Hall of Fame. He's a, you know he's he's had a, a great career as an owner. He's had um, Super Bowl wins. He's had developed great players, contributed to the league in in many ways. Um, you know, I think he's one of the great owners. Absolutely. Why not? Let me ask you about a, a real good corner that's coming into eligibility in Champ Bailey. Should he be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I don't know. You know, I, you know, you're asking me some pretty interesting questions. Um, you know, um, I actually, I, you know, I, I say he had a Hall of Fame career, mm. but you know, to say first ballot, I don't know. You, you, you probably have a better idea of that than me. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm just a, I'm just a talking app here in Denver. So, uh, speaking with Mike Haynes, a uh, Hall of Famer. Uh, let me ask you this uh, before we get into uh, some of the real important stuff: the KnowYourStats.org uh, best wide receiver in the '80s, because there were some many good ones that maybe you covered yourself: Loft and Largent, um, uh, uh, Monk, Rice. Uh, who was the one guy who always kind of got you? Who, who always had a step on you? Uh, there really was nobody that always <laughs> kind of got me, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and really all of those guys that you mentioned, they were all really great. And I, I mean, I had to have my a game to, to be a, a, a defensive back in the national football league every week. And so they, I approached them all the same. And then the time when, um, and there were a few times when I didn't do that, uh, and I paid the price for it. I got, you know, I got beat, made a beta, a mistake, not didn't do what I would normally do. Um, and um, it didn't happen very often, but it did happen. Let's talk about knowyourstats.org because uh, that is the website. You are a cancer survivor. And of course, uh, uh, there is a, a lot of great stuff going on with this that you are helped trying to raise awareness for uh, prostate cancer. Uh, tell me a little bit about your involvement in this. Well, yeah, I was, um, I found out at the Pro Football Hall of Fame um, that I needed to know a little bit more about my family history and my own, uh, prostate health, um, you know, from talking to a doctor here at a screening. Mm. Uh, and when I got back home, I called my primary care doctor, gave him some new information. Uh, and, and, um, he, you know, he thought maybe it's best if I get a biopsy. So, so I went for the biopsy, found out I had um, you know, cancer in nine of the 12 places that they checked. And, you know, that was just, it was one of those situations where I was in the right place at the right time. I had no real reason to be at the screening. I had a physical, uh, full body physical, um, just, you know, three or four months earlier. Um, but I did it because, uh, I was trying to encourage other guys to, mm. to do the same thing. And, um, I found out, uh, when, when in the early stages, <laughs> And so our campaign is about 
really don't be like Mike. You want to be uh, able to know what your family history is. You want to be asking these kinds of questions of your, your family members. And if it runs in your family, you want to be a little bit more proactive. You want to talk to your doctor probably at age 40 and let them know that it runs in your family and they'll start looking. They'll just start monitoring through a blood test probably. Um, but if it doesn't run your family, you can wait until you're in your fifties. And so our campaign is really, it's important for men to know their family history because prostate cancer, cancer is easily treatable if caught early, yeah. if detected early. If you wait and uh, find out in the later stages, or if you want to wait until you have symptoms, oftentimes it's a different fight. And we're just trying to uh, alert men that it, this is a, an easy, easily treatable disease if you approach it in a smart way and do your homework. Um, if it runs in your family, there's a, a one in five chance that you're going to get it. Uh, if you're just a man on this, uh, in this country, uh, there's a one in nine chance that you're going to get it. If you're African-American, it's one in six. So we, we just want people to know their stats. That's what we're talking about. Know your family history, uh, and um, hopefully it'll help you make good decisions that'll keep you in the game of life. Yeah, and and really should be starting to think about it at the age of 40. Uh, and, and I think a lot of this is just starting that conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we used to only you know kind of go after women, target women. To, I mean, I target men, but we started targeting women too yeah. because um, they may be the the, the reason that their brother or husband or father um, goes in to get checked because, you know, men are really different. They're difficult to, to um, you know, get in to see the doctor for mm -hmm. some reason. Um, so, you know, the campaign has it's been going on a long time. I really feel like we're um, doing a great job of, uh, of, you know, increasing awareness, but I also recognize that we can't stop. We have to continue because the moment we stop, the moment men fall back into their old patterns and yeah. uh, go back to doing what they were doing before. Absolutely. Very good. It's knowyourstats.org. Go to the website, knowyourstats.org. It's on Facebook, the hashtag knowyourstats, on Twitter, at knowyourstats, and then, of course, you could follow Mike Hayes NFL on Twitter as well, too. Mike, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. Well, I appreciate talking to you, man. You, you really pushed my thinking button. So. <laughs> hey, I got to make you <laughs> think. Great. Hey, I, I, I'm a challenge right, every time you come on. Hey, let's talk soon again, all right? Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks.